Short slate in the Pac-12 last week as uh, division front runners Oregon and Utah were idle, so we were treated to four games that uh, met the technical qualification of being Pac-12 football games. So I guess we're going to talk about them. He's Eric. I'm Warren. Let's start the show. Hello, blog fans. Ineligible receiver, offense number 64. By rule, that penalty is disregarded. This is Eligible Receivers, the show where we review last week's Pac-12 action, pick next week's Pac-12 games against the spread, and keep track of how we're doing on our picks over the course of the season. So, like I was saying in the intro, I mean, like, this is, I'm looking over this slate of games. What a, what a boring slate of games, you know? Yeah, I mean, not a, not a lot happened this week for the conference. Although, I will say this, there's some L.A. columnist who was like, talking about how it was a it was like a weekend in November and the Pac-12 was completely invisible. And you know what happened this week? I mean, as you mentioned, Oregon and Utah were both on a bye, so that's probably why the conference wasn't that visible. And both of them moved up in the college football playoffs because teams above them lost. I mean, like, we don't have to all go down the John Wilner, you know, path of doom all the time like we can just be like yeah it was boring it was a pretty boring weekend in the conference but it was like otherwise okay you know like yeah 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 like you gotta be like you gotta pick and choose there's there's certainly has to be stuff to enjoy otherwise what's the point you know like i follow like plenty of doom and gloom people on uh left politics twitter and like sometimes i'm just like there's got to be fucking something good you know it's like whatever something plausibly good happens for you know the side then like they're still saying well it's like uh well it's it's a right idea but wrong method or something like that and it's just like well shut the fuck up could i have one fucking thing you know yeah yeah could have one goddamn thing yeah i mean like so to your point it was like there wasn't a lot going on this weekend but nothing bad happened to the conference you know like, yeah, nothing bad. Yeah, there, it was. It, uh, we went in. We were insulated. Yeah, there was no, nothing bad could happen, and we started off with that nothing bad happening in Boulder, Colorado, where Colorado hosted Stanford on Saturday. We're of course saving the Friday game for the end because it was Washington. Uh, listless, aimless Colorado, a Stanford team that somehow beat Washington and is otherwise complete dog shit. The Buffs take care of business in what turned out to be the last game for Ralphie five who has retired and will not run against Washington in two weeks time. Well, I think actually she hasn't run for a while. I think, okay. (laughs) I think they just now have officially determined that she will not be running anymore. Um, So I don't know if she like is brought to the stadium on weeks when she doesn't run. And this was the last week, but Ralphie five, she was a good runner. I mean, it's the coolest, like, in all the conference, that's definitely the coolest intro, right? Like they run oh, a giant for sure. buffalo, like a giant a real, one. real <laughs> buffalo. That I mean, conceivably is held in place by, I mean, effectively just its own willingness to go with the flow, right? Like, yeah, like, yeah. Like those six, we're in agreement that the six students running alongside, three on either side of, I believe. Um, have nothing to do with that Buffalo's choice to run down the field and like wander back to its pen. Correct? No, nope, exactly. It's ancient herd instincts are the only thing keeping that thing. And uh, amazing considering the mammoth uh, distractions and lack of a clear exit, you know, that it, that it stayed under wraps for so long. Yeah. I mean, you can only imagine that that 
tradition is going to end someday under bad circumstances. Yep. But that's why it's great, you know? Yeah. And honestly, I think I think that probably does it in terms of talking about this game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's remarkable that Colorado uh, got their fourth win, you know? Like, I mean, which is, uh, you know, cements what, even though they're very like, I mean, they'd have to win their remaining two games at home against Washington. Certainly doable. Uh, and then at Utah, more of a stretch. Uh, to reach bowl eligibility, but uh, you know, nice little capper, nice handful of conference scalps, uh, or not a handful, but a couple at least for Colorado. In addition to their win over Nebraska, and good building year for Mel Tucker and the boys down there in Boulder. A live buffalo, right down yeah. the field. <laughs> yeah, yeah, insane. Yeah, because and also they're probably like other schools, right? Like, uh, you know there are kids down there for one reason or another, you know, for like maybe a pregame something or other, or like somebody's dad, you know, got some special things. One of these days, what's somebody's, what, somebody's going to wander the wrong place. What's the difference between that and running like a live Bengal tiger down the middle of the field? Uh, just the pure killing power of the tiger, I would say is more, uh, more offense on the tiger uh, the, the bull is more of a blunt force sort of, it's so the, uh, it's just in really just a question of intent, right? Yeah. Cause when the tiger right. kills you, it's, it's intent. When the Buffalo kills you, it's just reckless. So we're talking like carnivore versus herbivore. So that's probably one thing. Um, but, but you're still dead. I mean, you know, I gotta, like, I gotta assume in these situations that the animal is not in a, in hunting mode any reaction the animal is going to have is going to be purely defensive, right? Like based on purely survival instincts in that regard. I I honestly don't know what the difference is between just go ahead and just run a live tiger. Like just LSU, just run a tiger out of the, out of the tunnel down the, you know, give it, give it a nice big meal about an hour beforehand, not hungry. Just run that thing down the field. You know, coach O would run that thing shirtless, no leash. Yeah, just a just a stake in his hand. I can't to guide I, it around. I don't know how you like you could justify that. Like, what's the difference? Like, I mean, that buffalo three times the size of a tiger. Yeah, ten times the strength, probably. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I'm I'm no animologist. That's not a word, but <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> like, I'm no animologist, uh, but I'm just. I mean, yeah. I, I'm just thinking about this more in depth for the first time in my life. And I'm just, I'm like, I'm still yeah. on the way up in terms of my incredulousness. I'm just like, I'm just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. what I'm thinking right away is uh, it's, it's uh, cross-examining university officials. Yeah. <laughs> and so a full-size buffalo. Yeah. Now, uh uh, we'd like to enter, uh, exhibit, uh, you know, whatever of, uh, you know, uh, the, the like the duck from Oregon, you know, yeah. not a, not a real duck. No. And, and exhibit, exhibit B or, but, or Butch the Cougar. I'm going to call, I'm going to call exhibit B, uh, handler a of the Buffalo. Um, yeah, she is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, 19 years old. Okay. And, um, 145 pounds. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
And uh, and we're going to do that again five more times. And I'm going to probably – I would say four or five guys. I don't know if you have to be all guys to do it or, or if a gal can run. I don't see why a gal couldn't run with the Buffalo. Um, the point I'm making here is that all of the individuals running with the Buffalo are going to be young young individuals, which you could argue makes them more spry. and um, But also you could argue is endangering students. Um, Certainly. Certainly. Oh, the waivers for that. They're, I mean, I bet they're sewed up tight on those waivers. And probably, like, not a lot of experience dealing with live buffaloes if you're in your early 20s or late teens, you know? like Yeah. I'm going to imagine there's some there's some ranchers, uh, some old-timers in the, in the you know, the middle part of our country that would, you know, been around buffaloes in their, in their day and would probably look askance at your plan to run with one anywhere. But, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I just, I'm just, I'm just continually getting more and more sideways about this notion that you take a live buffalo and run it through a stadium full of forty thousand people with hundreds of them standing on the field. Like, you got to get that trial out of Boulder. Where do you put that trial? Well, you got to get it out of Boulder. That's going to be your big problem. Is you're going to have so many buff grads there because the defense is just going to be like, you know. These Don't people want to take away our – these big city lawyers want to take away our traditions. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, I love it. I mean, I do love it a lot to watch. Yeah, it is awesome to watch. It rolls. Anyway, yeah, you're right. So, so uh, who cares about this game? KJ Costello back. Didn't matter. Uh, buff, 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 buffs. Uh, Mel Tucker, good season. Next up, pre- uh, game of the week in the Pac-12, USC and Arizona State. Uh Two teams, each one looking for that six win to make them bowl eligible. Uh, how's this for a kind of order of operations? Ends, ends up being a one-score game. USC scores 28 of their 31 points in the first quarter. Hang on to win by five. Yeah, for a minute there, it looked like this might be a blowout. But we got a Clay Helton establishment here. And poor Clay Helton, man. Just like nothing's going to be easy for that guy in the, yeah. in like the death throes of his head coaching career at, U, at USC. Um, it's just nothing's going to be easy. You know, like I look around, you look around, and like Chad Morris just got canned at Arkansas, right? Didn't even make it two seasons, $10 million yeah. buyout. You know, Willie Taggart just got fired at FSU, didn't make it two seasons, $17 million buyout. Like these guys had it easy compared to what poor Clay Helton has to just live through week in and week out. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I wonder sometimes because they always talk about like, well, we never can get numbers on what USC is paying their head coaches or something like that. I mean, are we sure they have so much money? Like, is that a legitimate question to say that they're sitting here looking at the amount it would cost to buy out Clay Hilton and saying, eh, not yet. I don't know, man. I mean, I, they're they're hemorrhaging recruits. Their recruiting class I saw this week is in the 70s nationally, which isn't great for USC. Um, yeah, you probably want to do a little better than that. And here's the yeah, thing: if you're USC and you're number seven, you're kind of pissed. Yeah, I mean, like, and the second you hire your new coach, assuming you get the the, you know, the hire correct, which is a big assumption with USC. Yeah, um, like you're gonna jump sixty eight spots, you know, as seven five stars reevaluate everything and you know head on over to campus. Um, I. I just I don't. Yeah, really I would think so. Like the normal thing when you switch coaches is that the people who have offers are like reopen their recruiting, and I imagine that new USC coach would be like, "Fucking great, good, didn't want you." Yeah, yeah. 
or or it's just like like not distributing his real cell phone number to the recruits you know <laughs> yeah i tried to reach you all last week and now we don't have a spot i man that's i'm sorry about that <laughs> yeah I guess, I guess you're gonna have to go to san jose state since somehow that was your other offer before you sign with clay yeah that's that's so funny that is exactly the school i was thinking of everybody like if you motherfucker if you think i'm gonna spend half a second trying to keep your commit over san jose state the fuck out of here yeah <laughs> oh man that poor guy like i don't even know i mean is he in the nfl next year as like an analyst where like on bill belichick's staff or something no dude this guy is like uh, who knows who i mean you know you know like these guys always seem to land on their feet there's i guess there's only there's a limited universe of people who can coach football i guess you know are there i mean i don't know like it just i i agree he's gonna land on his feet that's why i'm thinking like he's gonna get paid some astronomical buyout limited only by what he earns in the coming three or four years. So he's got no incentive to go make real money, but he, he can just land at like, you know, a job in the biz, you know, doing, you know, like an offensive analyst or something for, you know, the chargers or, you know, whoever, where like, I don't even know what that means in terms of what his day, you know, day-to-day job title is, but he can just go and just kind of hang out in the NFL and be on the sidelines. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so good for him. Good for USC. They get bulgeable. Uh, and yeah, but otherwise, you know, they, they suck. Uh, next yeah, I, believe, I believe the one thing I would like to point out of this is that Keaton Slovis had 297 yards and four touchdowns passing in the first quarter. Yeah. So Herm can't be happy about that. It's pretty good. Really put a lock on it after that, you know, all things yeah. considered. Yeah. Figured, <laughs> figured something out coming out of that. First yeah. Quarter. yeah. Cover the receivers. Uh, next up, we have Washington State and California game that I think we across the board pick Washington State to win, and of course California. They get Devin Modster back, and he throws for three touchdowns and rushes for another one. Cal's never seen this kind of offense. Thirty-three to twenty, Cal big time winners. The most notable thing for this game, uh, for me, talking to a uh, Cougar gentleman that I know at my work. Apparently there was a 15-yard penalty against Cal that was mistakenly walked off against Washington State and then just let stand. So, like, they called a, a personal foul on Cal, walked the penalty off against Washington State, and then just resumed play. That's a – that's a. I saw this week it was a 57-yard net penalty. So that hurt. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, the crew got suspended. It was so bad. That's a lot. I mean, that's a big number. Um, I, I just don't understand how, I mean, I think Mike Leach, I, how do you miss that? If you're Leach in terms of like, bring a halt to the proceedings in whatever method you choose, you know, see fit, um, until you get yeah. the explanation, like us, you know, you're listening to what they're saying. And so you're like, wait, you just called the penalty on them. You're walking it off against my team. I would like an explanation from the referee. You know what I mean? Like it, what I don't understand how you did they just not notice that this was happening or did the call actually go against WSU when it should have gone against Cal? Well, now I got to get to the bottom of this. I mean, that's what I want to know because afterwards Leach was like, yeah, I mean, apparently he wasn't made aware of it until like later in the game. 
You know, like it was like it wasn't even something that was on their radar. So I got to believe that they just there's no way they actually on the field called it against Cal and then, you know, started walking backwards, you know, into WSU's territory or whatever. There has to be a better explanation. And there's not a good one. Like you said, the guys got suspended. So pretty brutal um, turn of events. But here's the deal. Here's the deal after WSU. We, we, you know, we kind of we, we play this a lot when it comes to like if you play terrible and you put the game in the hand of the officials, like you kind of deserve to lose. And I'm actually not going down that path, but we, we like use that in games. You know, like we've used that for Washington before where like when they didn't get the, the PI call against Oregon, you know, and like like you just you don't deserve it. Like too bad. Um, if you allow Modster to appear to be a reasonably competent power five quarterback like get out of town dude you lose sorry wow are you researching this is that what is that what the yeah okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so they call the penalty so wc gets the kick re- gets a kick returns a kick to the 50 yard line flag on the play they assess a hands-to-the-face penalty on number 15 on Washington State, but it was actually number 15 against Cal. After the next play was run, the referee informed Washington State that there was an error in application of the penalty. <laughs> and the penalty should have been assessed on California at the end of the play, with the ball spotted on California's 35-yard line. So instead of Cal's 35, they were on their own 8. 57 yards. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I don't understand. You got to get, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know. You got to, yeah, you ha- my thought is, is that, uh, if you have to, as, as a coach, your takeaway from every other program in the conference has to be, I'm designating one guy on my staff to be the guy that gets run. Uh, if you know, like baseball style, like manager throw out, yeah. if something this egregious happens where he goes, his job when if I give him the signal and it's gone all of us, we got to be on top of it enough to realize it's happening is to go out there and yell at the officials until they get thrown out of the game. Yeah. Like when you give the signal in less than 10 seconds, I want a full size Gatorade cooler coming over the top of my head onto the field. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. And then you're, and then you're out there and it's an argument whether or not you push through the official, you know, like you're kind of up bumping chest maybe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Like you give the sign and then within 10 seconds you are heads up. Cause there's a, there's a flying cooler coming over your head. Yeah. I think that's uh, the, the, uh, by like the in-game win probability difference of that misapplication of the penalty was like 15%. Significant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ouch. Yikes. And then after the game, Leach is like yelling at the players for uh, being soft, being soft or whatever, dude. Like, it's like, it's a fine line. You got to walk there as Mike Leach. I mean, that's, uh, he's probably played that out a little bit too much this year. You know, like he's probably gone to that well one too many times, you know, like, yeah, I get it, man. Like your team's not very tough. Well, I'm a, um, I, you know, as a Washington fan, like I'm familiar with that notion, but you kind of just got to, you let them know about it earlier in the year and you kind of made national headlines, letting everybody else know that you let them know about it. So like from here on out, let's just, you can talk to them about it, but we, we probably don't need to like rehash it with the media all the time. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you got to keep that keep that thing in house. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, because when you say it to the media, it looks like you're just trying to say, "Listen, guys, my hands are tied. I got a bunch of pussies." Rather than actually trying to fix the problem. I mean, and, every, yeah. and, and frankly, you recruited and coached every one of these players. So. Yeah, I was going to say, and similar to the issue that Chris Peterson has, which is like you're way too deep in your tenure for there to be anybody else but you in terms of like yeah. responsible for every single individual in that locker room, coach and player. It's you. Like, yeah. All right. So that brings us to uh, Washington Huskies. Uh, and here's what I'm thinking when I'm watching this game, uh, which is closer than it should be. Uh, Washington ends up winning 19 to seven. Uh, uh, dominant performance from the defense and the offense just couldn't have looked worse. You know, they, they just they could not throw, uh, uh, you know, ended up having a decent day on the ground because our, frankly, we're probably got 50 pounds a man over Oregon state's lines either way, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, like I'm just sitting here, I'm like good for Washington for going on the road and getting a win. We are, this is the type of season where any win we will gladly take. You know, uh, but, uh, you know, for me, another nail in the coffin of Bush Hamden. Uh, and, uh, I, uh, I haven't been following too close what, to what extent Chris Peterson's been pressed on the issues with the offense, but, uh, it's been unacceptable here for some time in conference play since six, since basically John Ross left. (laughs) I wonder why, why it's always John Ross and it's like not Dante Pettis. Who's arguably had a better NFL career to date than John Ross? You know, uh, because like the reason is is because uh, they're like a guy like Peter Warwick or Reggie Bush. Uh, some guys are so fast and have such sudden change of direction that at the college level they're untouchable, and then at the NFL everybody's fast, so those guys get really muted. Uh, but like. Dante Pettis is a fine college football player. He's awesome. We'd be lucky to have him again right now, but it's not like he's been burning up the pros. You know what I mean? John Ross, like you could just, you just watch it. You know what I mean? He was, John Ross was something else. I guess I, 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 I like, I kind of feel that, but I also like Dante Pettis is like the all time NCAA record holder in punt, like punt returns for a touchdown. Like, yeah, he's not like slow. You know, I'm not saying he's a slouch, but he's not as fast as John Ross, and he didn't change direction as well as John Ross. And Dante Pettis changed direction exceptionally well. He did. I don't. It's just. It's just interesting to me. I. I don't disagree with you. I just think it's like everybody universally goes to the John Ross. Like, I think it's correct. I mean, I'm. Th- I'm remembering the one play, the game we lost in '16, actually against uh, USC at home, uh, in you know before the, losing to Bama. Uh, uh, when he had a Dore Jackson out on the side, you know, yeah. we'd been able to do like nothing all game. And he just gave him like the quick feet at the line and then just took off on a go route. And a Dory Jackson's feet got tangled up like a pretzel and he just went over. And I remember him tweeting after the game, just like, you know, as, as a good social media guy that he is Jackson, uh, you know, like a, uh, smiley, you know, like the, the kind of hands up emoji or whatever, just saying, Hey, it happens. <laughs> Like, yeah, I got tripped, you know? like, <laughs> yeah, like John and this guy was either a first or second round DB He's still playing in the NFL. You know what I mean? Like, uh, this is, uh, an elite top of the line guy, uh, who John Ross was capable of making those guys look like they never played football before. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't disagree. I'm just curious. It's just, it's just interesting to me. Cause like Pat just plays like 
a lot for the 49ers. Pretty good. Um, you know, but you're right. John, John Ross was, was the man. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know about this game. I mean, I didn't enjoy it. I like. You know, I didn't enjoy it either. I, what I was trying to – I was kind of touched on this last week is I'm trying to like uh, think about like how, do, how can I make it so I like this, you know? Because they won. I like that. Like I, I need to I, – for as my, I'm more invested I'm, – I'm incredibly invested in sports across many different sports. I always have a team going somewhere like, you know, uh, on any given week. But like – by far, Washington's the one that I like care about. Like you were supposed to be a proper like, you know, like ruin your ruin your real life when they lose, sort of way, you know. Yeah. So, but I'm thinking like, well, that doesn't. I need to find a way to enjoy it when they win football games, even if they look like shit. Because like the problem is that like really since the two week stretch where they beat Stanford and Oregon in sixteen. I haven't like particularly loved watching this football team. I like it when they smoke WSU in the Apple Cup. That's great. Uh, but like all the other weeks, there's always I'm always bitching about something, you know. Yeah. And they and even you know with this terrible season, they still win way more than they lose. So I don't I'm, I don't I don't know what I need to do to like kind of shift my expectation level or just say I mean certainly now they've tried they've told me over and over and over that scoring the ball is going to be a problem. So I should just take what I can get and not say not get mad that they're not getting 35, 40 points and just say, well, they won the game by two scores, whatever. Covered. I don't know. Covered the spread even. Yeah. 10 point spread, one by 12. Yeah. You know, I mean like Vegas expected nothing more of this, of this team than exactly what they just gave you. Yeah. And, and, and it's another university that runs a live animal across the field. Love that. Love dubs. Yeah, dubs is great. I love dubs. Super adorable. Big fan. I mean, worst case scenario so with dubs, still not great, but way more defensible than worst case scenario with a live buffalo. Yeah. Like, I had more fun watching the basketball team beat Baylor. Even if they would have lost to Baylor, I would have had more fun watching oh, yeah. that. Oh, I fooled than, I, But the yeah. problem is... I would imagine you're the same. It's like I had to go to a really dark place with with the Romar era Washington basketball team before I could before I could come back out and enjoy. Like I had to go, I had to go to several like Husky games at Heckhead against reasonable opponents, knowing like just knowing that there were multiple first round NBA draft picks about that I was about to watch several you know, first round NBA draft picks play and that there was a 0.0% chance that Washington was going to win the game. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that that's probably part of it also is because I don't uh, care what happens to the basketball team. I, I enjoy it when they win and when they lose, I kind of don't give a shit. Yeah. Like now I'd like for them to, you know, I'd like for them to beat Gonzaga this year. Uh, you know, that'd be great. And I'd like for them to make that sweet 16 or some shit like that. But also if it doesn't happen, I'm not going to be put out like I am with Washington finishing like, you know, third or fourth in the PAC 12 North. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to beat Gonzaga. Let's <laughs> let's, I watched that. They are, dude. Did you watch the game tonight? It was rough. <laughs> uh, nope. All I did was, <laughs> uh, 
because I'm between uh, Pac-12 network providers right now, which I think I might have to remedy for next week because I think Washington might be on there for football. But, uh, yeah, I just saw the Nas Carter dunk on Twitter, and I was like, yep, that looks like a good dunk. And it looks like we won. I saw some people tweeting that the game was close, and I was like, well, I'm not going to pay attention to this. Yeah, I, I, I watched. <laughs> and I see that we've won. <laughs> I watched a good percentage of that game, and I will I will say that I think with, like, eight minutes left to go in the first half, um, the score was 7-6, to six, and Washington was losing. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, we were behind briefly in the second half. Yeah, no, but it's just not. I mean, like, at one point, I think we were averaging about a half a point per minute played. Which is not well, that seems familiar in basketball. A great, yeah. I mean, speaking of offensive ineptitude, um, it's not gonna not gonna win you a lot of games. Now we were in the game, you know, like we were defensively. This poor uh, Mount St. Mary squad out of the East Coast yep. um, was not prepared to deal with our length. But I mean, ultimately we turned around. We won by ten, so whatever. But I, I, I was nowhere near as like upset or mad as I would have been like with the with the football team. I've I've yeah. totally come through that. Although it did take it was there were dark times for a while with Romar. Um but yeah, I don't know. I I'm, I'm with you, man. I haven't I like since that sixteen season, I didn't particularly enjoy you know, I haven't particularly enjoyed a ton of husky uh football for the very reason that you, that we've all spoken. Like it's just like the expectations have not matched reality. And and they constantly tell us that and we just won't believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just, I just, I just need to adjust. So that's going to be my goal for, uh, you know, when they get back from their bye, is to just kind of accept them for the bad team that they are and be happy if they win by a field goal. And unfortunately, because Ralphie's not running, we missed the opportunity for the only dual animal run. Yeah. When Washington plays at Colorado – you get the rare two live animal run. Yeah. That only, ha- yeah. only happened at Colorado because they don't travel with Ralph. Although I don't know. Yeah. Not, you might as well, right? <laughs> you're gonna, like, yeah. What's the point, right? You know, you're paying all this money to house a full Buffalo anyway. What's like a, you know, I guess, I guess you could argue up a that, semi. I guess you could argue that when you get USC in the Coliseum, you get a two animal run. You get a traveler. But it kind of feels yeah. not the same because you got a human like riding it, the horse. Yeah, that's a bummer. We're gonna yeah. miss out on that. Oh well. Yeah, we it'll are. be fun. Oh, they're, get, they're, they're, they're getting a new again. one. Let's so. just enjoy it. Let's see what we can do to enjoy it. All right. Uh, so how did we? I, I was dog shit on picks again last week. Yeah, you've let me back in a little bit. So I went two and two. Worm went two. I'm and three two. and ten. I'm three and ten over the last three weeks. Yeah, I've hit a wall. Yeah. 40 and 33. I'm 39 and 34. Worms 33 and 40. Here we go. We got a bunch of games this week though, so you can you can you can reestablish your lead. I'll pick first. All right. If you want. All right. Let's start it off. Stanford and Washington State. This is two teams that are down. We're going to Pullman. WSU. Let me look at the the schedule here. Yeah, they need them both for bowl eligibility. One game at a time. They got Stanford. Stanford has three left on the schedule. They got WSU. Then they got home against Cal. And then they're home against Notre Dame. Doesn't WSU have three games left? I think they only have... Or they have three. No, they only have two, dude. No, they've got... No, they have three. They have Oregon State also. So they need... Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're actually... 
they, WSU has an opportunity here, even in the midst of a one and five stretch, to say if we take care of business against Stanford and Oregon State at home, we're going to get our six wins. They're ten and a half point favorites in this game, which is surprising to me. Because I'm likewise surprised. They just lost a cow. <laughs> yeah. And Devon Monster. Um, and I'm a little bit shell-shocked from the fact that Stanford beat Washington still. i got to be honest with you. I have a hard time reconciling that in my brain because I watched that game and Stanford flat-out beat Washington's brains in. Um, and then How do they was... lose to Colorado? Yeah. How do they lose to Colorado? How do they lose to UCLA? I don't this know. is... This is a we. This is about kind of along the lines of what we were talking about uh, in terms of readjusting expectations. Maybe they just beat us because we suck, and that doesn't mean that Stanford's good. It just means that they one they were up for us, you know, because yeah. it's because it's because this is still before anybody knew we really sucked. Yeah. But then two, they suck, dude. I'm I'm uh, coog me up in this game. All right, I'm again. Here's a, and here's why I do it because even though WSU is going so bad, here's one thing the Cougs have, and they'll always have it until the end of time. They never know when they're beat. They they always think the you know every morning is the start of a brand new day for them. You know, gotta love them, dude. Yeah, you have to. They have they have. Such, I mean, it's really uh, an an incredible attitude if it can ever be properly weaponized. I, I'm baffled by this 10.5-point line. It seems like too many points. But Stanford, I mean, maybe Vegas is just telling us Stanford's that bad. Well, Colorado, do they have any kind of defense, you know? And they just held right. Stanford to 13 points. And uh, so, like, what with K.J. Costello, mind you. So, I fit Washington State, dude. Cougs. Right. Cougs. Right. It's got to be a party on the Palouse. Got it. All right. Next up, Arizona State and Oregon State. Here we go. Another team, all of a sudden, are we thinking bowl eligibility for the Beavs here? I mean, this is a an Arizona State team. This is looking like much less of a, you know, uh, big ask for the Beavers to win this game than they're at WSU where they have every opportunity to win, you know? Like, they they have to be looking at their schedule and thinking, hell, we might mess around and get two more wins here. We might get to six wins. Well, this is do or die time for Oregon State. I, I feel like the wrong team's favorite here. Even though we just watched Oregon State score zero points offensively against Washington, I don't think anybody would suggest that Arizona State's defense is anywhere near as good as Washington's. Um, I don't know. Probably a lot of people would suggest that. Because as we just talked about, we're going to accept the reality of the world. Um, I get, beef me up, man. Beef. Mm, I'm going to say... I'm going to say hermit, herm me on, on Arizona state on this one, but I've, I kind of want, I mean, I I'm rooting for Oregon state and I think they could certainly win the game. Yeah. All right. Next up UCLA and Utah. I'm going to tell you something here. I do think Utah's good. I think they're a legitimate college football playoff contender. Here's a the problem. They're losing this game. <laughs> Wrong team's favorite, man. <laughs> yeah. UCLA is going to win. UCLA is going to win, dude. 21 uh, point. I get 21 points for this. I think UCLA can stay inside 21 points in this game. Easy, dude. Easy. 
Yeah. I I mean, they're both coming off buys. Uh, UCLA's like decent. UCLA is going to play Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. You realize that's what we're staring down the barrel of here. And it's going to knock Oren, Oregon out of the college football playoff. <laughs> because they're not going to get the chance to play Utah. I from, yeah, I, I mean, I, I I'm with you on the point spread, man. That seems like such a big number. Yeah, if I'm, I'd take 21 points against almost anybody. Well, you're gonna get a chance to do that and more in a second, but um, I'm, I'm going to. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm gonna take. I'm, I'm definitely gonna take UCLA in this. Yeah, I don't All want right. to pick a home team for this entire week. Is what I decided. <laughs> yeah, I'm now on three. <laughs> On three road dogs, I'm all over ball three. <laughs> yeah, because if we can, if you can't say what's going on in the conference, just give me some points, you know. Yeah, I, f- I feel like that's going to be a game, man. Yeah, I I, gonna, I that, wouldn't be surprised if it hangs around in that game a little bit. Yeah. Next up, we got Oregon at home against Arizona. Arizona, uh, you know, just their season has absolutely crumbled to pieces. Oregon feeling it right all of a sudden number six in the college football playoff rankings they just had that one game i mean truly they should be undefeated they absolutely gagged that game away against auburn they should have never lost that in a million years uh and otherwise have taken care of business the mojo is going to be great in eugene they are four touchdown favorites in this game not quite 27 and a half uh i'm gonna say i I was saying i love a big line but i i i think uh oregon feels too good right now and arizona can't stop it I agree with you. And Mario Cristobal is not going to go easy on Arizona. He's going to try and beat him by 100 if he can. Nope. I'm going to say the, par- the party continues at least one more week for Oregon. I think they're good all the way all the, all the way to the Pac-12 title game. I got to say. Gotcha. So I think they only have this, and then they, only, then they have Oregon State after that. Yeah. They got to go to ASU. Trap game. All right. But yeah. we'll deal with that next week. Uh, how about USC in California? Uh, USC – Again, still in this thing. They're still in there. USC is sitting here holding the tiebreaker over Utah, a half game out of first place in the Pac-12 South. Likewise, just like UCLA. You know what I mean? Like we're setting up for a UCLA-USC game to decide the Pac-12 South if things break a certain way. Okay? So now we got USC who looked great for a second against Arizona State and then looked kind of like they're the same blah selves. And then a California team that's coming off a nice win against Washington State uh, where the offense came back a little bit. Uh, we're in Berkeley, which means nothing. There's no home field advantage there. Uh, USC are favored on the road by a touchdown, by six and a half. I'm I'm inclined to take the Trojans here, but I kind of feel like Wilcox, like this is what he does, right? Like, yeah, this is like really his spot. He takes he takes like. Like boring offenses, boring NFL offenses, and he just grounds them into the into the dust. You know. Like, yep. Yeah. That's a, I feel like that's a, that's the read because like yeah because um momentum wise you just say California's more or less left for dead on the year. USC still theoretically something to play for. You know they could get into the Pac-12 title game at the least. Oh man, this is I don't I have no idea. No idea. I don't either. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll flip a coin for this one if I can find one. I don't think I have one on me. 
Um, I don't have I don't have anything that's gonna land fairly. Does this have a mark? I got a quarter here. All right. All right. What so do you, you want? Uh, we'll say. Head. What's that song? Heads, California, tails, something. Heads, I don't know, but I like that. So I'm gonna take. Uh, uh, well, yeah. Let's just say when all. How about I rely? Do you want to do? I go. You flip the coin. I take the result of the coin flip, and you take the opposite. Yeah, you totally. take the same. You, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, so okay, tails is USC. Tails is USC. Heads is California. I do like tails. Tails never fails. Let's see. Okay, so you're taking. Well, I just want tail. I, I I'm just taking the result of the coin flip. Okay, I'm not sure I fully understand that, but okay. So that so USC is assigned tails. California is assigned heads. So if it okay. comes up heads, I get Cal. If it comes up tails, I get USC. You got your Trojans. It came up tails. Never, tails never fails, baby. All right. It'll be a cold day in hell before you hear me call heads in a coin flip. <laughs> Oh man, what a! I like that we almost made it through the pod without talking about football. We we started out strong, and kind, of, <laughs> kind of squandered it towards the end where we talked about actual football. But oh wait, Washington didn't play. So was that was that all the games? Yeah, we did it. Yeah, we did yeah. it. Good. We don't have to talk about this shit anymore. All yeah. right, so good. So we got a nice week. Uh, here's something I do want to talk about. Uh, be nice if, uh, if Washington's going to go ahead and have two buys. Let's go ahead and have one in September, please. Especially with a team that's like so young on defense and an offense that clearly could have used a week, you know? No. Like, I know this shit is scheduled like years in advance, but for God's sake, all of a sudden, once, once we're dead and buried, now all of a sudden we're taking two out of three weeks off. Yeah, unless you're Oregon, dude, you're just not going to get the schedule laid out right in front of you as best as you possibly can. Oregon, sure. Like, we can't lobby? Like, we can't lobby? Come on, we just got to be mean. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's got to be, I almost want to send Jen Cohen a letter she's never going to read in a million years and just be like, figure out the goddamn bye weeks. Just put us in the best position. Yeah, just start accusing the conference of, of bias to get some consideration for better bodies. Yeah, exactly. Because I think like that was a, I mean, I think honestly that's what happened is that Oregon had felt like they were playing too many of the Washington and Oregon games, either in Seattle or like neutral site or some shit like that, you know? And then all of a sudden they're playing most of those games at home now coming off a bye. Cause what? Cause their feelings were hurt 30 years ago. I think we've, we've made up for it. Let's fight back. Yeah. All right. All right. I'll let her tomorrow as well. <laughs> all right. Fuck them. All right. Uh, that is for this week's episode of Eligible Receivers. For Eric, I'm Warren. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next week.